Don't forget to sign up on the waiting list for my new book and my new online course, which is everything you'd want to know about lips. All you need to do is click on the link, sign up, share the thank you page on your social networks and tag us in that post. You'll be in line for winning a free copy of the book and free access to the online course. Lip filler migration, absolutely massive problem that you better learn how to handle because it is going to come and bite you, whether it's your patient or someone else's. You're going to need to know how to explain it and how to handle it, what your options are. I think this is a much bigger problem than most injectors are happy to talk about because even safe, low-volume injectors, you may find a percentage of your patients come back years later with migration. I think that's happened with me, with a few of my patients, and it's probably going to happen to lots of others too. We'll be basing this show around several of the most common questions that you'll need to answer for your patients. So what fixes are available if your patient comes in and they already have that beak effect on their upper lip? So one of the key things to realize in your career is that there is a tendency to try and solve problems in unsustainable ways when you first start. And by this, I mean, if you think that adding a little bit more filler might get the definition back, you might err on the side of doing that some of the time. And unfortunately, this is a short-term strategy. It'll make the problem worse. And the idea that you might be able to solve someone who has a beak-like migration pattern with more filler is a really bad idea. It is absolutely possible that the patient themselves may want you to do that. They may ask specifically for that. Can you not just create more definition or fill in the little shadow on the side so it looks less, so that it looks softer? But this is not a good strategy. We must be honest with your patients. When there is migration present, the the gold standard is reversal and everything else is a little bit like that saying, I don't know if you've heard it, when your only tool is a hammer, all your problems start to look like nails. That's basically what people do with filler when they don't want to dissolve it is they keep adding more and it makes things a lot worse. So have the honest discussion, advise either waiting or reversal. And remember, waiting could be a very long game because sometimes filler is lasting for you know a decade at a time. So it may not be the best solution. And I think we're all going to have to get used to the idea that reversals are a normal part of the management for many patients, particularly when they are the ones who don't break down their filler quickly. A common question around this is, does filler last different lengths of time in different people? And the answer is yes. There's a, there's a huge spectrum. I've had patients who have completely broken down and destroyed 12 mils of filler in about a month. Very, very sad situation. Very expensive because I refunded that patient as well. But then there are other patients who you'll see come back 10 years after a treatment still with product evident from a treatment they had a decade earlier. So the spectrum is huge and we as injectors need to educate patients around what's possible in terms of those two different extremes and to react accordingly. But absolutely big differences between patients. Is it true that old and migrated fillers are more difficult to get rid of and why is that? So this is the opposite of what my experience is. I think that the older a product is, often the quicker it breaks down. I do think there is an issue with fillers that break down slowly over time that you actually get an increase in perceived volume. So I, what I'm imagining happening is the fraying of these hyaluronic acid chains into smaller compa- components. Smaller sugars are more dissolvable. They may attract more moisture to the area. So as they're fraying, they pull more moisture in, and this causes a more edematous-type result. But if you drop some hyaluron base into that situation, it dissolves really quite quickly. I certainly remember 
very memorably someone having a tear trough filler dissolved that had been there for 12 years and it disappeared on the table. Amazing result within about five minutes. So I don't think old fillers take longer to dissolve. I think they tend to dissolve a bit quicker. So is the classic duck lip a sign that filler is migrating? I think what's happening with the duck lip, which in my mind is a projection from the side view. So you get that triangular shape as the lips are projecting forward. It happens from repeated treatment. So your patient may have half a mil on the first time. They get a nice show of the pink lip. They get a little bit of projection. And gradually over time, that starts to shift slightly. Because the movement of the mouth, orbicularis oris, contracts the mouth like that, makes it smaller, you're naturally squeezing product away from the pink lip and into the white lip. A lot of this will go inferior to the orbicularis oris muscle. So it's actually passing underneath the muscle and collecting in that area. And if you just then retreat that patient six to 12 months later, the same process happens again. If you keep doing that for several years, you will eventually notice that the projection of the mouth uh, has increased much more than anyone would have done on any particular day. And I think this is one of the most important things to be aware of is the emotional and the financial drivers in lip treatments are not to stop the process, reverse and start again, but they are to see if you can just do a little tweak, repeat, and hopefully they'll be happy for another 12 months. But if every injector does that over the course of many years, you end up with patients who are overprojected, who would never have asked for that on a particular day, and injectors who would never have done it to someone on a particular day, but the process overall, over the time span that we're looking after patients, is leading up to this unflattering result. So how can you tell whether it is filler that's migrated or filler that has just been placed badly? Now, I think, it, although it does have its advantages to blame injectors for bad injecting, I suspect a lot of this is the property of filler over time. Now, of course, there are plenty of bad injectors out there who do bad work, but I think even a good injector can have a good result for two or three years, and then it can start to drift away from that result. And that's the awkward discussion that we as an industry probably need to have. Can you tell immediately? Well, mostly the patient will tell you immediately if the injection was bad, because no one really is after a migrated lip pattern. If it doesn't look pretty, most patients will complain about it. And the length of time between the treatment and the patient being unhappy is a rough guide about whether it was a bad injection technique or whether it's migration. Because migration tends to happen slowly over a period of time, often over years of repeated treatments as well. So it's the slow, gradual accumulation of a bad result that fits more with migration rather than bad injection, which tends to happen much more immediately. So how does injection placement impact the risk of migration? So this is all down to your anatomy. There are structures within the lip that you can use to fend off the chance of migration. For me, the most important element of this is the insertion of orbicularis oris into the vermilion border. This forms a natural wall between the, one of the areas we are most afraid of migration, which is into the white lip. There are really only two compartments where migration is an issue. So into the posterior side of the lip that produces that overprojection and the beak shape, or into the white lip where you lose the definition in the vermilion border, you end up with a rounded, shapeless top lip. Both of those are at risk with different injection techniques. For example, I think if you use a cannula, you are more likely to find the lip filler more posterior in the lip, and that makes it more likely that it will migrate underneath the orbicularis oris muscle to cause that overprojection, particularly with repeated treatments. But if you're more superficial and close to the white lip, particularly injection techniques such as the 4mm technique are actually on top of the orbicularis oris muscle, 
and this is prime location to cause a loss of definition to the Vermilion border and essentially what we call migration. Does brand and product choice have an impact on the risk of migration? So this has been quite fashionable to disregard recently and many injectors will say it's purely down to injection technique. I'm much more of a fan of everything has some impact when you think about it. There probably is a difference in how well a filler sticks together and how well it integrates into the tissue, the time that it takes to integrate. And I believe I can see that quite clearly between different brand types that I'm very familiar with. I'm only really familiar with two brand types on that level because this takes years to actually gather that kind of experience. So I'm fairly convinced that there will be a difference between brands. Um, and it's down to you and your experience to figure out what that difference is. But yes, I think there is a difference between brands. And I've done this with by reversing a procedure, redoing it with a brand that I believe was better and observing in a member of staff that it stayed much more stable for far longer than the previous brand. So I have experienced like that. One of those things that's very, very hard to prove in the data, but certainly I think there is a difference. So once a product has migrated, does it ever dissolve on its own or should you just dissolve it? This is a good question and it depends a lot on when that filler was placed there. I've seen a few patients now four or five years after a lip procedure having had nothing since who have developed migration in kind of the last 18 months or so. And for those patients, it doesn't make any sense to me to wait any longer. It's already been present for so long that I would be inclined to reverse them a bit sooner. Now, it's possible if someone was badly injected and they really don't want to have a reversal and it was only done a month ago that you might see a difference in the next six months and they may choose to wait. Uh, but I would say typically when you see migration, if it's causing the patient a problem, it's more likely that they would benefit from a reversal than from waiting. So with all that said, how do you achieve a really defined border without the risk of migration? There is a tug of war going on here. The harder you try to define a border, the more filler is right up against an area where it might easily migrate. The most important thing is the placement of your needle in that little space anterior to the insertion of orbicularis aurus. If you spend most of the time with a needle there, you're much less likely to get filler overflowing into the white lip. But you also must be aware that the harder you try in terms of creating or augmenting a border, the more volume that you're placing there, and the more likely that some of that will spill over with time. I don't think there's any way that you can create a really augmented lip without increasing the chance of migration at the same time. So as is often the case, discretion is important. Oh, <laughs> Educating your patient about what the likelihood of the dermal filler... Oh, hey, there's a bird on my shoulder. <laughs> oh, he's, he's giving his back to the camera. Come on, turn around. That's better. Educating your patient on what the likelihood is of that dermal filler staying in place given the larger amounts they may be asking for and being truthful. It is, as I always say, in the long arc of time, your only friend to tell your patients all the bad things that are likely to happen and that you do not control all the variables. Though you may do your best, there are downsides with any course of action. I hope that helps. Oof. Oof. Cold shiver.